0: The thing that I've discovered about that persistence is that it's only through persistence that all the lessons are revealed. You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm Steve Gordon. For the first five years, this podcast was known as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. The episode you're about to hear uses that name, but don't worry, you're in the right place. Same great content, new name. Enjoy. Hey friends, this is Steve. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I am so excited to be here. I got to tell you, the reason for all the excitement is this is a big milestone episode for us. This is episode 250 of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. And I thought I would take the opportunity today to talk a little bit about some of the lessons that I've learned uh, after doing this podcast for uh, almost four years now. Um, we started in January of 2017. And uh, as I record this, we are uh, right at the beginning of November of 2021. So it's just a little shy of four years. We're 250 episodes in. It's been a phenomenal experience. Um, it's been fantastic for our business. And I thought it'd just be useful to talk about you know some of the things that uh, have happened and that I've learned along the way. Um, and so um, as our, our usual um, structure here, we're going to break it down into to three key ideas. But before I, I start breaking that down, I want to talk a little bit about why I started the podcast. In the first place. And, you know, when I first started in 2017, I was really looking to use it as a connection tool. And for the first probably two and a half, three years of the podcast, uh, that's real. that was really the main focus was to use it as a connection tool. And so, you know, I would interview another entrepreneur on virtually every episode, and would use it as a way to, you know, meet people and build relationships and do really all of my networking um, without having to, you know, go across town and go to another rubber chicken dinner. And that was the way I used to do it when I, you know, when when our firm was really more of a local firm, I would do all of those sorts of things. But then when we decided, no, we want to really, you know, expand out and geography isn't as important in finding our ideal clients as it maybe once was, we've got this opportunity to expand out to a larger area um, worldwide, really, then you know I needed a different way to connect with people and I needed to be able to connect with people all over the world. and I've been able to do that. You know through the interviews that we've had, I've interviewed people in the United States, in Canada, in Mexico. I've interviewed people in the UK, all over Europe. I've interviewed people in Africa. I've interviewed people in Australia, New Zealand. And so it's really given me the opportunity to connect. With people all over the world in a way that, you know, as I think back to when I got out of college in the mid 90s and, you know, first got into the business world, the idea that you could easily connect with people all over the world effectively for free and collaborate with them in this way, it just couldn't happen. So it's really quite astonishing what we're able to do these days. And sometimes I take it for granted because I've done all these interviews now and we run a business that really exists in the cloud and have for years. Um, And so being able to get out and have those kind of connections without having to get on an airplane, without having to only do it at conferences has been really, really powerful. And the podcast was and is a really great place to invite people. And that's really why I started it. And the other reason that I started it was really for leverage. In the the four years leading up to launching the podcast, I was writing a daily email to our list and I loved doing it. Um, it really helped me become a prolific writer and a proficient writer. It's nothing like daily practice to get good at anything, right? And we were getting to the point where that was becoming a real challenge Um, And I felt like I was running out of things to say. And uh, at that point, I'd written over 1,100 or 1,200 emails, and it was just time for a change. And so I thought, well, this is the perfect new medium to change to. I had done a podcast before, but I actually hesitated. I wanted to start in 2016, and I hesitated for about four or five months because the reason the other podcast failed is I didn't have a team. I didn't have a group of people who could help me produce it. And so so I built that team and really um, could not have gotten it off the ground without, without that team in, in, in kind of the early days of doing this. And uh, still super grateful for everybody that helped out at that point because it allowed me to do what I really wanted to do, which was just show up and talk and make the connection and do the part that I needed to do and then know that all the rest of it was taken care of. And so... You know, that that'd be probably my my biggest piece of advice for anybody thinking about starting a podcast is, is get a team um, that ultimately that team ultimately evolved into, you know, a service offering with our, our podcast prospecting elite program um, where we produce podcasts for folks because people kept coming up and, you know, clients would ask, hey, I see that you're doing this. You know I, I want to do it. I just don't know how to do any of it could could you guys help and and so that's really how that service was launched. Um, but over these years it's really been amazing we're We're well over a hundred thousand downloads and you know we have you know just a great consistent subscriber base. Um, we're not the biggest podcast out there, but that was never really the goal the The goal wasn't for this to be something that built an enormous audience. If it did, great. But the goal really was always about expanding my network and meeting the people that I wanted to meet and building relationships with those people. And I've been able to do that. And really it's allowed me to network up several notches and get into networks that prior to having the podcast, I really would not have felt like I I would have been in those networks, you know, but because I was able to invite people in and then get to kind of meet them in this context of being able to, you know, give them the spotlight. That's just such a powerful way to start a relationship. I I wrote about it in podcast prospecting. I wrote about it in the Exponential Network Strategy. Um, If you haven't read those books, go get those books. They're on our website. Um, You can get them for free right now. And the thing that I discovered with the podcast is that because you've got this platform and you're inviting people on and you're basically giving another entrepreneur a place to promote themselves, you're helping them create a marketing asset. They don't really care most of the time about you know whether or not you have a big audience. And honestly, the people who I've had, maybe a half a dozen people out of uh, all of the ones we've ever invited who have asked about our audience size, maybe not even that many. And when they ask that, I immediately disqualify them because that's not what it's about. If they're thinking that, that that's all this is, then they don't get it. So what I discovered was that the best entrepreneurs, the ones who are operating at a really high level, didn't care about the audience size as much as having the opportunity to go somewhere and have the spotlight you know, shining on them. And even if I didn't have an audience bigger than theirs, they could take that and turn it around as a marketing asset and use it for their own audience. And that allowed me to go make relationships with really great people that were probably otherwise outside of my normal circle. Um, And so it's been hugely powerful for that. So I think let's pause there and let's get into some of the things that I've learned. And really there's three key lessons. And so without further ado, let's dive into the first one. All right. So we're talking about the lessons learned in 250 episodes and the the first and I think most important one, and this applies to podcasts. It applies if you're trying to build a media platform on YouTube or in email or, you know, wherever. The lesson is that the magic is all in the persistence, that the benefits that come from this really only come because you persist through, you know, some large number of episodes, you know, I'm on 250 Now when I started this, I actually made a commitment to myself that I was going to do this for 10 years, that if I'm going to start it at all, I want to be so sold on the idea that this is what I want to do, that I'm going to do it for 10 years. And that's a long commitment. I'm not even halfway through it yet. And the thing that I've discovered about that persistence is that it's only through persistence that all the lessons are revealed. Okay. All of the true value and the benefit only comes by persisting through this. And I'll be honest with you, there have been times when that's been a real challenge. In fact, right now, I feel like we're at, you know, with this podcast, we've kind of hit a little bit of a midlife crisis with the podcast because, you know, we started off doing a lot of interviews and and the early interviews, the, the first two, two and a half years, I thought were really strong. And, and a lot of the reason it was so strong is I had so many people I wanted to connect with that were people that I looked up to. And then I made those connections. And, you know, I haven't done as good a job in rebuilding that list and expanding that list. And so what often ends up happening, you know, you get a podcast running and particularly these days, a lot of people are out there trying to book clients. They've created a business where they're booking people onto other podcasts. And so you get a lot of guest opportunities, you know, pitched to you. For a little while, I made the mistake of accepting those. And then I quickly realized that most of the ones that come in that way, aren't the kind of guests that I want. And that'll lead us a little bit into the the second key point here. I'll get to that in a minute. But you know, I wouldn't have learned that if I hadn't kept going. So, you know, we built a whole strategy around using the podcast as a networking tool. And I wrote two books that basically describe that, you know, and then We got to a point where we kind of quit using it for that. And if you're watching from the outside, you might go, well, why is that? And part of that is that, you know, we knew that we weren't getting the guests that we wanted. And rather than continue to bring on guests that weren't a good fit, we said, let's try something different. And we know that eventually we'll figure it out. And so the different thing that we tried was we started doing solo episodes like these. And first I I just did them off the cuff. Um we now do them a little more organized. I try and have th- at least, you know, three points that I've organized beforehand um and so if you're watching on YouTube, here's my note card with my three points. I I do all my outlines on note cards. And you know, but if if we hadn't been committed to continuing to move forward with it, if we hadn't been committed to the persistence here, we wouldn't have learned that. And so what we learned with the solo episodes was that the audience really sometimes wants to hear just from me. You all have told us that you, you've you written in after hearing a solo episode and thanked me for something that I shared. And I'm I'm so grateful to get those emails. And so we learned something in that process. We actually took that learning and built that back into all of our work with clients on the client podcast that we're producing. And so, you know, it's valuable in anything you do to just keep going and looking for the new wrinkles and the new discoveries along the way. And so we've certainly had those as we go through here. And, you know, and and it's really, I think, to me, that's the value in this is that we're getting to a point where very few other podcasts have gone. I mean, at one point, about a year and a half ago, I saw a stat that like, even though we've had this giant explosion in the number of podcasts, that the average podcast flames out after about six episodes. And that's, not just true with podcasts. I'm sure that same thing is true on YouTube. That same thing is true for people who try to build their audience in email that I know that's true there because for a long time we tried to convince clients that they needed to you know write an email newsletter and most of the time they'd get through two or three of those and that would be the end of it and they'd never really see the benefit. The benefit only comes after you do this for a while. And so you know some of the benefits that we're seeing because we've got such a back catalog now, We're able to pull things out. So we never have uh, a shortage of things to share on social media I have 250 episodes to share. And a lot of them are with people who have really big social media followings. And so whenever we share it and we mention them, we get, you know, we get more followers. And so it works really well, you know, so that was one of the things that came out of it It was just, just this great strategic byproduct of the whole thing. You know, one of the other things that has come out of it is that we've got content to pull from in all of our. Email follow up, and so we've taken podcast episodes where I've talked about a specific topic, or I've interviewed someone, um, and we've had a particular, a particularly good or deep conversation about a particular topic, and plugged that into some of our automated email follow up. So as we're bringing new people into our world, and we want to get them educated on our worldview, which I talked about on the last episode, then. We've got all of the all of these resources and all of this content that's available and already created, and it was easy for me to create because all I had to do was create an outline on a little note card like this and turn on the microphone. and so it's it's created some amazing strategic byproducts. It's um, you know we're now on on YouTube and doing videos, so you might be watching this on YouTube, and for a long time we didn't have any presence there. but this allows us to create content that we can reuse in, in multiple different ways. Certainly, we knew when we started that that could be done, but we didn't have the capability to do it. So it took us time to develop the capability. It um, took me time to get comfortable with wanting you know, to be on video. And so you, know, you got to allow yourself, I think, the time for things to evolve and for you to learn and for you to, to develop mastery with any kind of marketing that you're going to do. And, and so the persistence is really where all of that lives. So that, to me, that was the first big learning in all of this. So let's look at number two. All right, so the second big kind of takeaway I have now after 250 episodes is that there's a lot of value in going deep. And I don't just mean in going deep and doing 250 episodes. Certainly that is an example of going deep. But one of the things that I've discovered in all the interviews that I've done and in all the solo episodes that I've done is that the ones that I get the most joy out of are the ones where we have a deep conversation. And there have been probably more than a few episodes where uh, I just couldn't get the guest to go there. They had kind of their shtick that they came in with because they probably do a lot of podcast interviews and and they sort of have have the deal memorized. And I wasn't able to get them to go deep. And I mean, there've been a few of those we haven't, haven't actually published because they were so thin. But that's the other thing that I've really learned here is that the value in the medium is in the ability to go deep with it. And uh, I get asked all the time, well, how long should a podcast episode be? And I used to say, well, you know, You can go as long as you want, as long as it stays interesting, maybe, you know, max of about an hour. And then of course, Joe Rogan does three hour podcast episodes and goes really deep and has an enormous following. So the idea that the attention spans in the world have somehow diminished, I think is it's, it's a false idea. It's a lie. Attention spans are what they always were. We've just become way better at filtering out BS. You know, and and we don't have any time for thin conversations. You know, we can get that and probably get it in a much more entertaining package in a lot of other places right now. You used to maybe be able to get away with, you know, with thin stuff. I look at that with articles. Um, for a long time, I, I helped a client produce a quarterly magazine for their industry. And we would do these 750 word articles. And it was getting to the point where we just couldn't hold the attention of the audience with... A short little 750 word article because it didn't have enough space to go deep. And I think the same thing is really kind of an insight here for me with podcasting is that the times when I've gone really deep are the times that that it's really produced more. It's produced more in term terms of enjoyment for me. It's produced more in terms of positive feedback from the audience. It's produced more in terms of good stuff for the gas. I have a great example of that. I was just having a conversation with my buddy, Dan Rogers. He was on the podcast here recently. He's got a great business called Sales Sidekick. And he and I went deep around his topic because I was just fascinated by it. And he told me today on the conversations, like, I just, Hey, I want to thank you so much. I had, you know, three people reach out to me, you know, who were interested in working with us after that. And he said, I had two people, that, you know, I, I know well, who've listened to a lot of our episodes and said, well, Hey, that was like the best interview that you did. And, and he and I got talking about it and we both agreed, like we just went really deep on his topic. I do that with my buddy Curry. Uh, you know, John Curry and I go deep on lots of things and, you know, I do that if nobody listened. And I think if you're going to do a podcast, you've got to get to that point where it's got to be, interesting and entertaining for you first, because if it's not, it's going to become drudgery. You know, and I try and tell all of our clients this. sometimes I'll get a client who just tell me, well, I'm just burned out on doing it. And the reason they're burned out on doing the podcast is that, you know, even if we're doing all the the work and and the production and all of that behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, showing up and having this kind of a conversation where it's going to be recorded, uh, it does require some energy. And that's not a bad thing. It just, Requires some energy, and if you're not getting energy back out of it, then um, it's going to feel really draining to you. And so, it's got to be interesting to you first. And the way that you do that is you go deep. Um, you find a topic that you're interested in, that's broad, that allows you to to look in lots of nox, you know, little nooks and crannies. For me, the idea of the Unstoppable CEO is that I wanted to talk to people who had been in business and been unstoppable, and you know, in the early days, that was really the focus was what, what is it that made you unstoppable? You know, and we would dig in on that. And that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that. You know, we've changed it up here a little bit, um, recently to go deep on some ideas that I think are important, um, around marketing and growing your business. And that's what these solo episodes are all about. And we're, you know, about to go into kind of the third reincarnation of the podcast and uh i'm not quite ready to lay out all of what that's going to be yet but we're going to get back to having some really deep conversations with some people that i think are really smart people and uh i know you'll enjoy it and i know i'll enjoy it because we're going to go deep and so that that was the second big aha for me after all of these episodes and uh, and that brings me to the third All right, so let's talk about insight number three from all of these episodes that I've done, and this one really, to me, is what makes an interview podcast successful. It's one thing to you know come on here and talk about the the different aspects of your worldview in solo episodes, and you should do that from time to time. I think it breaks things up; it helps the audience bond with you. But I still believe that the the best use of the medium is as a connection tool as a way to connect with other people to explore their ideas and for you know to have a place to collaborate that is really no risk for either of you it gives you a way to test out the collaboration before you do anything deeper and if you want to get more into that go get my book podcast prospecting i talk a lot about that in there but the the key with guests and one of the things that I think we've done right, if we've done something right along the way, is to be curious. You know, so when I, I've done a, a, over 100 hundred interviews on other people's podcasts. We, we did this thing a few years ago called the Unstoppable Podcast Tour, where um, uh, I partnered up with uh, Tom Schwab over at uh, Interview Valet. They did a fantastic job of getting us booked on podcasts. And um, I did over a hundred of them over the course of a year. It was great. Enjoyed the experience. Again, met a lot of good people, but it didn't turn into business results the way that our own podcast has turned into business results. In doing all of that, though, I got to see a lot of other hosts and how they approached things. And there's all kinds of different approaches out there. And so there's some really great podcast hosts and I've learned some things from them. And there's some really bad podcast hosts. And I learned some things from them too. And, you know, the, the most important thing is to show up and be curious because, uh, you know, as I view this, as a guest comes on, you know, my job as the host is to take the spotlight and point it on them. It's to figure out what's the unique bit of knowledge or wisdom that they have that I can pull out of them on your behalf. And the only way to do that is to be curious. And so people ask me all the time, like, you know, how much prep do you do for things? And, you know, do you have like set questions and all of that? And I I never did any of that because frankly, if I had to do a lot of prep, if I had to come up with questions unique for each interview, I would never have a podcast. That isn't the way that I operate. And I know enough to know my own limitations. Um, But I am really curious. And, you know, what we would do with each guest is I would know enough about them coming into it to be able to ask some decent questions. I was already curious to learn what they knew um, about their topic. And so we weren't coming in completely cold, but for the most part, I wasn't doing a lot of research unless, and I will say this, unless they were an author and, and for not 100%, but I would... I'd venture to say probably 90% of the authors that we have had on the podcast, I read the book before the interview. Um, but mostly because I took it as an opportunity to learn something. But, but if you're going to do this, if you're going to embark on having an interview podcast, the best thing you can do for your audience is to show up and be curious. And try and pull something out of the guests that they aren't sharing elsewhere. Get, if they're on podcasts regularly, get them off script. Because that's where the gold likely is. And one of the things that I've had more than one podcast guest tell me, in fact, I've probably heard this at least 10 or 15 times at this stage, is that they walked away with new insights into their own messaging after our conversation. And what that tells me is that I i went and dug for something that they hadn't necessarily shared before. They hadn't expressed in that way. And if you're going to create a podcast of your own, that's, that's what you're looking for for a couple of reasons. One, I have really good relationships with those people now, surprisingly good relationships, surprisingly fond close relationships with those people because I, I, I helped them with something, you know, just in the interview and That wasn't necessarily, you know, what I was going for when I went into it. It just sort of happened because I showed up and I was curious. I kind of put myself in the position of the listener, the audience and said, you know, if I'm in the audience, well, heck I am in the audience. I'm in the audience that's, you know, across the microphone from them. What do I want to know? What do I want to pull out that is important here? And so if you're going to start a podcast, that's my, probably my best piece of advice next to be persistent is be curious if you're curious you're going to go deep and if you go deep you're going to persist because it's interesting to you you're going to keep going so all of these sort of fit together it's it's like the three pieces of the puzzle for having a podcast that has longevity and you've got to just be open to and curious about what's the podcast going to look like next it doesn't have to be the same thing again and again and again for 10 years you know like i've committed to 10 years it's going to change over time and that's what keeps it interesting and fun and that to me is the uh that that's the opportunity in all of this is that you get to experiment you get to learn it's your platform you get to decide what it is nobody else and it doesn't matter what you decide as long as it serves you and you're doing it in the service of your audience it doesn't matter what you choose whatever you do will work we, there are so many different formats For this particular medium that work well and new ones being invented all the time. In fact, I mentioned my buddy, uh, Dan Rogers. I think we invented a new one today because he's about to launch a podcast and, uh, and it's going to be phenomenal because he and I were talking and he was asking me, you know, for, for some advice around, you know, what worked well with, um, you know, with our podcast and, and we got talking about it and I, and and we just landed on something that I think is going to be a really unique new format and it's going to be awesome. So I can't wait to see it. Um, and, and he's inspired me to, to make, uh, some, some really cool, um, changes coming up here. So, uh, so look for those. Um, thank you for being here. Truly. Thank you for being here. Um, 250 episodes. Um, like I said, I would have done it even if nobody showed up because I learned a lot along the way and I have value. The relationships that I built along the way so much, they've been important to the business. More importantly, they've been important to me personally. And so I really value that. But um, if you're going to go down this road, I just couldn't encourage you more to do it. There's so much good to come from it. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening and uh, see you in another 250 episodes. It's going to be awesome. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com accelerator. And number three, Work with me and my team to get your book done and bring in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.